This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast presented, of course, by DraftKings Sportsbook. We love those dudes. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, classic journeyman. Now I got a bunch of podcasts that I love. Ross Tucker football podcast on Monday. Couldn't believe what Marlon Humphrey said about Lamar Jackson as it relates to getting a new contract. That makes me a little nervous for Lamar. Check that out. Tomorrow we'll have Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Senior Bowl. He's about as good of a draft guy as there is. Emory Hunt was fantastic on the College Draft Podcast talking about the front seven, getting us ready for the draft, which is next week already. And then tomorrow, Joe Dole on the Fantasy Feast, he has his pre-draft rookie rankings for quarterbacks, Running backs, very important. So huge week. We'll have Greg Cosell later on the week to talk a little D-tackles and linebackers. The draft's next week. So we are heavy into the draft. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL on social media. Most of you already know that. But how many of you have actually followed me on your favorite platform? Facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter, Instagram, even TikTok at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod on Twitter and Instagram, so you can certainly always see the highlight clips of the other shows. The star of this show, I make no bones about it, is the one and only Steve Fezzik at Fezzik Sports, the only two-time winner of the Super Bowl of professional football betting, the Super Contest at the Westgate. Hello, Steve. How are you, Ross? It is awesome. Football season has started, USFL. Well, listen, I loved last week going over the season win totals at DraftKings. Can't wait to do that again with you after the draft. And really fired up to have Anthony Amico on from Establish the Run. You can check out Anthony on Twitter at Amicsta, A-M-I-C-S-T-A. Does a great job for Establish the Run. Of course, that's our buddy Evan Silva's site. Evan will be on next week. So really looking forward to that. But Anthony, I've noticed on social media, again, at Amixta, that you are all over, all over these NFL draft prop bets, uh, which we love because Steve explains this every year. Steve, this is like maybe the best event to bet. I'm amazed how many people don't know that. I mean, I, I see some of these over-unders. they got to be kidding me. I mean, I this is the best event that I'm aware of to bet. Correct or incorrect, Steve? Correct. Although, and a couple clarifying points for those who aren't familiar with Establish the Run. Anthony, correct me if I'm wrong. 
the actual name is a parody on all the coaches that do indeed establish the run. They're making fun of that idea because you don't need to establish the run. You need to throw the ball more. Am I correct, Anthony? Yeah, we're basically just one big bit. I mean, Evan is Evan is all over it. You know, he's going full. He's going all in, fully committed. Uh, but it's great, honestly. It really, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. So, and it it becomes a point in terms of picking off soft numbers that I'll tell you as a professional better. I hate established the run, and here's why: <laughs> because it's making it harder for me to win. Because Ross, these weak numbers are out there that I could go ahead and leisurely head to the gym, then have brunch, then go ahead and make my profitable wagers. But the second, the second establish the run gives out a play, boom. There's so many followers that a couple hours later, that bet, well, a couple minutes later, is no longer bettable because it will move 80 cents because they are picking off all these soft numbers, Anthony. So uh, yeah, you, I mean, <laughs> what, what are, you, are you cutting promos here, Steve? Are you getting paid under the table by established run? What are we doing right now? Yeah, Steve's selling stuff. I'm, so I'm, I'm just talking about how much more difficult they're making my life in terms of helping me. But um, obviously, they've got great competence and uh, they're moving and shaking all these markets. All right, but Steve, before we get back to Anthony, okay, I need you to say this for for DraftKings and for me. And because it's true, the NFL draft is a great betting opportunity. Like, and explain why. Because no one knows what these lines should be. No one knows how many quarterbacks should go in the first round. And guess what? When an NFL game gets mislined and a sportsbook puts up a two and a half and it should be a three, yeah, there's some people making some bets. Maybe they'll win. Maybe they won't win. But... The numbers are so tight that when a sports book puts up quarterbacks to go in the first round, two and a half, and then the line moves to three and a half, and you could get at the two and a half, you're just going to win because it's going to land three or it's going to land maybe four. And if you get to the numbers first, the distribution is so tight that you literally there's all kinds of bets in the draft where you will say, I'm either going to win or I'm going to push on bets like that. Uh, Anthony, you agree? Yeah, I mean, it's an information market, right? I mean, even, you know, you could be a great uh, spread or sides better for, let's say, the NFL, but, you know, every edge doesn't guarantee that you're going to win. I mean, anything can happen over the course of a sporting event. For the draft, like, these results are binary. Like, they're either happening or they're not. Uh, and we have a lot of information that the books are, are just not really as interested in uh, this time of year because they're not super liquid markets. They're not you know, super high limit markets. Uh, so we, the people, you know, we have, uh, we have more information, I think, than, than the sports books right now. So a couple of things on this. Number one, I live in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. That is the state capital. I'm not kidding that as soon as this episode is over, I am texting people I know in office, people I know that are lobbyists, because the fact that you can't bet on the draft in Pennsylvania is ridiculous. I don't know what the logic is there, Steve. Can you explain that to me? I mean, wh why do they not want to make the money that they can make? It's not like Pennsylvania, they care that the books are going to lose. 
Like, what's the reasoning? It, it, because it's not an athletic contest? The only reasoning I can think of is that someone could can have the idea that it was a predetermined outcome on some of these bets. And because of that, they didn't want to book it um, as a sports book. But you nailed it. Leave it up to the individual sports books. If they don't want to put it up and be at a competitive disadvantage, so be it. Let the market decide what they want to or might not want to book in terms of those betting. Don't have some legislator go ahead and make that decision. Yeah, I would love to be in that meeting with people that don't know anything about football or the draft being like, yeah, they can bet on every game. You can bet on futures. You can bet on any, but you can't bet on the NFL draft. I can't even see the lines. It it, it drives me crazy. My other thought, Anthony, and I want to get your thoughts on this. I already know how Steve feels about this. Boy, it's so interesting. Number one, there were some really soft lines, DraftKings and otherwise, when it first when they first got posted. And now they're a little bit better, but as more information comes out, they're slow. I, I mean, you can still see some of these I still think are like in my mind, I'm not gonna say no brainers or hundred percent, but I feel way better about them than I do about a lot of times when we're betting during the season. Yeah, I, I mean, the thing is that the lines get posted, and then, like you said, they don't really get adjusted. So, like, if we get a report during the show, like Albert Breer says, oh, yeah, uh, you know, Derek Stingley is going to be the Giant. The Giants want to take him at five. Like, we're going to have that information and be able to act before the sports books see it. They're not looking at the news. They're just looking at the money that comes in. So, uh, you know, we have a, a, a very big edge this time of year. So what about the timing of it, Anthony? Like how many how many props did you love when it first came out that are just gone now? Oh, a bunch. I mean, you know, I, I like to try to hit the openers as much as I can. Uh, you know, obviously for any market, we want to be doing that. So, you know, a bunch of these lines have moved, um, but I still think we are far from an efficient market right now. So plenty, plenty out there still for the, for the people. Yeah, Steve, talk about that. Talk about the openers, but then also, you know, as you know, over the next nine days, we're going to find out the one guy's surgery went bad. You hit the over on him. You're going to find out another guy that people like more. Are you just constantly, Steve, you know, monitoring this information or do you wait more towards next week where you get really concrete information? I mean, the, the day of the first round, some of the information you get is like a done deal on some of it. Yeah, so you got guys walking around wearing Cincinnati Bengal Tiger Stripe sneakers the day of the draft. They're probably going to go to the Bengals. What do you think about stuff like that? I will be the first to admit I have dropped the ball on the draft this year. I must have had 20 bets on the draft in 2020 during the COVID year. Why? No one was playing. So I'm following all the USFL games, I'm betting live, I'm betting the NBA playoffs, I'm betting MLB, and there just aren't enough hours in the day. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to rely on the late breaking news, as you discussed, and fully focus the week of the draft on making bets. And my portfolio is going to frankly suck compared to Anthony's 
because he is going to have such a head start on me in terms of his expectation against those openers that it is going to be impossible for me to overcome that. So I'm going to look to profit from the draft while others look to absolutely kick ass on their draft betting because they've been doing it for a month. All right, so you're just going to really get engaged now, Steve, and start to pick them off over the next nine days. That is correct. And frankly, well, why didn't I do this the entire time? Well, I'm undefeated in the NBA playoffs, so I can't exactly kick myself for not having focused on some other sports. Wow, that's impressive. All right, Anthony, let's get into some of the ones you like right now. Um, And maybe let's start with, the receivers. It's really interesting. I think there's a wide range of opinion on a lot of these guys. I still think Drake London goes lower than people think. I think Jamison Williams goes higher than people think, even after the injury. Um, you like a bet right now on Chris Olave. Yeah, his draft position is at 17 and a half right now. Uh, and I Feel really good about that being an under. Uh, I think that the first tier of receivers, you mentioned London, you mentioned Jamison Williams, Garrett Wilson. Olave is not really too far behind that group. I I think he could go as high as 11 to Washington. Uh, But I'm not really sure how he would make it through the gauntlet of teams that you see in the teens. Uh, Philly, uh, New Orleans, uh, you know, the Chargers right at 17. I think they would be interested in a deep threat like Olave. There's just a lot of teams that need a receiver. And I think that, you know, one thing that we've seen kind of throughout the offseason is that receiver really is becoming a premium position. You know, these contracts that teams have to give to receivers now, they're expensive. So where are you going to make up that cost savings? You know, where are you going to save your money on your cap? You're going to do it by taking receivers in the first round. So uh, I think these guys are going to get pushed up the board a little bit. And Olave is, is one of those guys. What do you think, Steve? As a GM, the number one thing in the draft is I want to make my team better. The number two thing is I don't want to get fired for making a stupid pick. So when the memo has gone out, and it has, that, boy, um, it's impossible to get a good wide receiver without paying through the nose, but they're so cheap in the draft, that memo is out. Everyone is talking about that. So I look good as a GM the second I take a wide receiver that makes wide receivers more likely to go early. All things being equal, I want to bet on wide receivers to go under as Anthony is doing. So here's the one thing I would say. I totally agree, Anthony. Now you got Debo Samuel and A.J. Brown and Terry McLaurin. None of them are participating in the offseason program because they want more money. I think that makes teams even more likely to take receivers. You got to get them on the cheap for three years before you even have to pay them over $20 million a year now. So absolutely love that, Anthony. What about N'Kobe Dean, the linebacker from Georgia? You and I were texting. I was a little bit surprised by, by what you liked on this one. Yeah, I like over at 28 and a half. I, I took this this morning. Like I, Nicobe Dean, great football player. I think everyone that watches college football knows who Nicobe Dean is because he's always around the football. But he's small. He's, he's really undersized for his position. He has some medical stuff. This is what people have been reporting. Um, and, uh, you know, Todd McShay, Daniel Jeremiah, a couple of these, you know, bigger media guys around the draft have been mentioning that teams have 
his teammate, Quay Walker, ahead of him on their boards because uh, he's more prototypical in terms of the size, obviously part of the same defense. So, you know, I, I don't really think that we're going to get three linebackers on day one. I don't even know if we're going to get two. Um, and Devin Lloyd seems to be the top guy kind of around the league. So and Kobe Dean over 28 and a half is really a bet on him not going in the first round. Uh, but you also get a little bit of room there uh, at the end of the first round. Boy, that's really interesting. I had not heard the medical part. Um, and I had not heard that's it. If McShay and Jeremiah both are saying they know multiple teams with Walker ahead of them, that is really interesting. I don't know, man. Every game I watched, Nicobe Dean, it looked like he was shot out of a cannon. I, I, I like, but um, that doesn't matter. What matters is you're you're seeing reports of medical and you're seeing reports. That's probably, Steve, where you get the most value is the reports on medical that come out as well as the reports on teams having a guy higher, but the medical especially. Yeah, and it goes back to I don't want to get fired as the GM, and if there's a suspect medical report out on a guy and I take him and then he busts, then I could be second guest to the moon. So all things being equal, if a player is projected to go 20, a bad medical comes out and he moves to 24 and a half, there is no value typically playing him to go under 24 and a half. It's just expect that he will fall further than you expect when bad news strikes. Uh, one other one that really jumped out to you, Daxton Hill. Um, I like this one a lot. Um, I agree with you on this one, Anthony. Yeah, DraftKings has a market uh, to be drafted in the top 32. Daxton Hill is on that list. Uh, and, I, and I love Daxton Hill. I mean, I, I think that depending on who you listen to, like he could go in the top 20. Uh, so to get him in the top 32, still at you know really reasonable odds, I want to say it's like minus 135 on DraftKings. Um, very reasonable. Uh, Daxton Hill, I, at this point, I do not think he's going to make it out of the first round. He's incredibly versatile. He can be your day one nickel. You know, we talk about obviously teams going to these more pass heavy sets. That means that you need three corners on the field. Uh, I, you know, I think you can make an argument that Daxon Hill is the third best cornerback in this draft, uh, but he also can play free safety. So versatile chess piece, really good athlete. Uh, reports have been really good on him. Uh, I think that he's a pretty good bet to be in the first round. I'm stunned by that one. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes in the teens. I agree. Uh, people want that guy that can be a safety and be a nickel. That I'm surprised by that number. I wonder, Steve, where like DraftKings, where, where do they even get these numbers? You know, sometimes when only one book has a number up, you um, you just have to recognize that for for the most part they they limit the sharp betters and what that they can play and to research each and every player and put that time in just doesn't make enough sense. Just put something up there and the market will correct and bet that player in the correct direction. You know, I'll use an example. We're going to talk about the USFL shortly. One sports book put up every total in the mid fifties for the opening week in an expansion football league. It's ludicrous. I don't think they lost very much money at all because their, their limits are, such that there just wasn't that much liability against those openers. All the money's still going to pour in the day of the draft and all the volume that's going to come in then will overwhelm some soft openers that books are going to lose on. Interesting. Um, 
Let's get a couple more, Anthony, that you like, starting with George Karloftis, the DN from Purdue. Yeah, I like him over 17 and a half. The, the reports on Karloftis have been a little wide-ranging. Uh, I think earlier in the process, there were mocks and reports that maybe he would go in the earlier teens, but I'm just not really seeing that right now. I mean, Peter Schrager put out his mock this morning. He said that his range is anywhere from 20 to 40. Uh, so I think I feel like that's some pretty uh, definitive information from someone who definitely talks to a lot of teams. Uh, Carl Loftus is not someone that has the best athletic profile. I don't think that he's a fit for every team. Um, you know, and edge is, is pretty deep. There's definitely a lot of options that I think uh, ways that that teams can go. So I'm not really seeing a spot for him prior to 17. I mean, I think people have argued Baltimore. They've argued Philly. Uh, I, I don't know. I think that's a little too early right now based on some of the stuff that I'm reading. So the other one you like, um, Sauce Gardner, third overall. I, I'm amazed. I was on VEASAN last week, and his total was seven and a half. Yeah. Like, I love the under on yeah. seven and a half for Sauce Gardner. You think about the teams drafting, the Giants who are getting rid of Bradbury, the Jet, like – I'd be surprised if he doesn't go in the top seven. He seems pretty consensus to be the number one corner. Yeah, I mean, give me all the sauce wagers for sure. Um, under seven and a half, third overall. I think that they're all really good bets. I mean, the things that we're hearing out of Houston right now is that they may be looking at those those cornerbacks. Uh, Lovey Smith has mentioned that they need better cornerback play on their defense. Um they have two tackles right now. Like I, that's the thing with Houston. Like everyone's mocking them to take a tackle. Everyone's mocking them, Evan Neal or Ikea Kwanu. You know, they have Laramie Tunsil and they have Titus Howard and they have mentioned that they want Howard to continue to play tackle. So you're going to take a guard third overall. I don't know. Um, corner seems to, again, that's still a premium position. Uh, it's definitely a position of need for them. And as you mentioned, Gardner is, is clearly the best cornerback in this draft class, you know, pretty much everywhere you look. So, uh, yeah, Gardner at three I think is good. You can get that at like six to one. Um, but certainly under seven and a half, if you haven't gotten on a sauce under yet, it's, it's very, very playable. Lastly, Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame, the safety. You like over nine and a half. I don't know what – I mean, I guess it's just the position and the workout because that dude's a stud. Yeah, it's just position value. I mean, I, I think everyone every, – every guy you listen to, you know, Jeremiah, McShay, they're all like, Kyle Hamilton's fourth on my board, but I don't think he's going to go in the top 10. You know, like it, it's just the nature of the position. Like safety is not a premium spot. He's not a Daxton Hill type guy who can be your nickel. So you're really talking about him being a two level player instead of a three level player. That's uh, I think a big deal to teams. Uh, and you just don't really see safeties go that high. I mean, Derwin James went like 17th a couple of years ago. Uh, and I would say he's probably a better prospect than, than Hamilton. Uh, so yeah, I think Hamilton is probably not going to go in the top 10. I uh, may not even go in the top 15 I mean, with the way that things kind of have been going over the last couple of weeks. Uh, and I think it's more than just a workout. Like I said, I think the position probably has more to do with that. So, you know, Hamilton outside the top 10, certainly over nine and a half, I think uh, very playable. Check him out on social media at Amixta, A-M-I-C-S-T-A. Does great work for Establish the Run, who Steve evidently hates. So don't go there. <laughs> Um, because they make his job harder. Thank you so much, Anthony. Really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Anytime. And thank you so much, Athletic Greens. Number one, Steve, they are delicious. They've been helping me a lot 
with my stomach. It's I, I don't even I didn't even know I was having gut health issues, but that's exactly what Athletic Greens has helped me out with, which is awesome. We know it's the best way to get your veggies. None of us drink eat enough veggies. We just don't. So drink your veggies for less than three dollars a day. There's a reason why they have over seven thousand five star reviews, and so many professional athletes use them. And right now, to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply, one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs of the Athletic Greens with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash money. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash money to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Steve. Let's talk a little USFL. Why not? There's pro football that was on this past weekend. What are your thoughts, either in general or specifically betting it? Okay, as far as an overall league, I'm a mercenary. I'm just looking to make money. I don't care if the product's good or bad. If I can profit from it, I'm happy. Having said that, the number one thing the USFL has to do, Ross, they got to start giving away free tickets to these venues. Because you look at it on TV, it's Easter Sunday. No one's in the stadium at all. All the games are in Birmingham. And when you see that, it's sending a loud message. This product is not worthy of people attending. That's going to kill the league. So the folks in Birmingham have to get out there. I don't care if they got to go to the senior citizen centers and bus people in for free. Whatever it takes to get 10,000 people in those stadiums is critical, in my opinion, to their success You know, going forward. Um, like many expansion football leagues, they dropped the ball. They did not change the rules to help the offense enough. And what happens, because there's no timing between the quarterback and the receivers, there's limited practice time before the league starts, and frankly, the quarterback play isn't good enough, these leagues always go under. We saw it with the Alliance of American Football. We saw it with the XFL, and now we see it here with the USFL. Week one, average scoring, 35 points. The public, the viewing public likes to see touchdowns. They like to see scoring, and there's never enough, and that kills these leagues. And no one ever seems to figure this out, that they need to find a way to promote more scoring. I don't know if they need to put only 10 guys on defense. I'm not going to come up with the rules changes that they need. But um, And the coaching is not innovative enough. You can have two forward passes. Take advantage of that. No one is doing that. And because of that, we saw the unders go 3-1 and one, week one. And I did some research on this. In the AAF and the XFL, week two total scoring is pretty comparable to week one scoring. So I would expect more of the same average scoring to be 36 or 37 points here week two after 35 week one. That means I would look under in week two action here, 
across the board in the USFL and the league's in trouble because there just isn't enough action, Ross. Really interesting across the board thoughts there. Are they playing? I know they're in Birmingham. Are they at Legion Field? I mean, that's a big stadium to not have any people. Um, and I know people realize it's kind of a made-for-TV event. I've heard some guys, there are reports that the chip in the ball uh, has made the ball not, you know, it, it's weighted a little bit differently. It's not consistent. And some quarterbacks and punters and kickers are complaining about that which I thought was interesting. Um, what about, Steve, on the NBA? Because I've been seeing a lot of your tweets at Fezzik Sports. You're killing it on the NBA so far. Yeah, one uh, housekeeping item, there's two different venues in Birmingham, so they're playing at two different stadiums. Um, I'm not a Birmingham expert, so I can't really comment on the capacity, but there are plenty of good seats available. The NBA has been pretty much according to oil in terms of um, some tried and true methods. I'll say this, and this isn't going to help you until next year. The play-in games, Ross, intensity, elimination, double elimination games, six play-in games, six unders. So we see this in game sevens, latent series. We certainly saw it in the play-in games. If you've been playing the unders, you've been cashing tickets here across the board. Moving forward, you know, the one fascinating thing there's a tried and true method in the NBA that if you're the home team in game three and you lost game one and game two, you do really well game three at home first half. You come out guns a-blazing. Well, the memo is out on that because if you take a look at a team like Toronto that lost their first two games on the road, they're a two-point underdog at home. Ross, they're a one-point favorite in the first half. So the market is well aware that these teams down 0-2 at home do great in the first half. The same is true for Denver. I think the market has finally caught up to that first half trend backing the home team down 0-2. Ooh, that's interesting. I did not know that. Um, I do know this. Next week, we're going to give you a lot of NFL draft prop bets. Steve will be in on it. Our buddy Evan Silva, longtime host of the Fantasy Feast podcast, will be in on it. I'll be in on it next week. Tuesday should be an awesome even money podcast. Hopefully you take advantage of some of the bets that Anthony gave out here on today's even money podcast. Again, Jim Nagy tomorrow, the executive director of the senior bowl. He'll have some juicy nuggets as it relates to the draft. Greg Cosell on the Ross Tucker football podcast. And I, again, you got to hear what Marlon Humphrey said about Lamar Jackson. I've never heard of a guy that has this philosophy, but, uh, that's what Marlon says Lamar's philosophy is, so it's pretty interesting. Other than that, good luck, everybody. Hope you guys make some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast, Business of Sports, and the College Draft, all available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mentioned DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always, sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit.